Yeah, welcome to church. We just want to praise the Lord that we can worship in spirit and in truth wherever we are. Lord God, we give you thanks for this day that you have made. Lord, I thank you that your perfect love covers a multitude of sin and brokenness and covers all fear. So Lord God, I thank you so much for your love, your reassuring love. Lord God, I pray that we would trust in you completely. Proverbs 3 verses 5 says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you and He will lead you in every decision you make. So Lord God, as we step into a time of worship, we choose to trust You. We choose to lay aside every weight and a stronghold and we trust You. We trust You, Lord. Yeah, we lift Your Name on high, Jesus. Thank You for Your everlasting, unfailing love that You never leave us nor forsake us. So we set aside every single distraction right now and we step in to worship You, Lord. Fix your gaze upon his face. In Jesus' name, amen.
stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you working even when i don't feel it you working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you working Father God, I thank you that you are the way maker. Lord, I thank you that night is but day to you and that you light up the darkest places. So Lord God, I just pray that we would see your hope and your light in every bit of darkness that tries to cover this earth. Lord God, I thank you that you are the victorious one. And we put our trust in you, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you so much, so much for the power in your name, Lord Jesus. And we just stand under the banner of your name, Sovereign One. Lord God, we lift up our leaders to you. We lift up our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. We lift up our Premier, Gladys Berejiklian. Lord, we lift up 
Greg Hunt, the Minister of Health, and Brad Hazard, our local Minister of Health. And Lord God, would you give them wisdom? Lord God, would you guide them in every single decision that they make for us as a nation? Lord, I pray for your peace to rest on all people as we navigate this time. Lord, I pray that any opinion that we would listen to would be of you, would be of your word. Lord God, I pray that your voice would be the loudest voice that we hear in these times. And Lord God, I pray that we, as your children, would replicate your voice, Lord. Your voice that is love, your voice that is kind. Lord, your voice that carries power and authority. Your voice that carries kindness. Lord God, I pray that you would unify us. I pray that in these trying times, we would not be separated and divided. Lord God, I just decree and declare that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Lord, I thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is of the world. So Lord, I just pray that we would move in one accord as your bride, as your body. We would be whole. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're the lifter of our head. So Lord, we fix our gaze upon you each day. Each day we choose you. We choose to trust you. We choose to put our hope in you. And you go before us, Lord. I thank you that you go before us and you make the way straight. We praise you, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to church <laughs> online. Uh, I just have a few announcements today. And first of all, I just really, um, yeah, really pray and hope that everyone is doing well. I just want to encourage um, people to stay in constant connection, whether it's a phone call, FaceTime, walk, surf, whatever you can do to stay connected. Um, it's really important. Just even checking with one person each day goes a really long way. Um, yeah, this this week we have a call to prayer as a house of God, um, 8 p.m. every single night whilst we're in lockdown. Um, we're calling you to pray wherever you are. Um, each day we'll receive a scripture with prayer points attached and further details about this corporate prayer. Um will be posted on Facebook and the Revival Group chats. Um, there's also teaching podcasts with Anna that will be updated on Tuesday on Facebook, so stay tuned. Um, yeah, again, I just really want to um, 
encourage you as well. If you uh, need prayer or you need um, support in this time, please send us a message on Facebook. Reach out to one of the leaders, one of the pastors. Um, Yeah, we'd love to pray with you and help you in any way that we can in this time. And yeah, we have um, Josh uh, sharing the word with us this morning. So we're so blessed to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Lonnie. All right, good morning or good evening or good day, depending on where you're at. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be preaching this morning on Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 to 12. Um, Yeah, it's one of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite Proverbs. Um, It's kind of one that I just go over in my life, just, I just sort of meditate on it all the time. Um, For those of you that um, don't know, a bit of an intro to Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Um, It's written by uh, King Solomon, mainly King Solomon. And, um, and basically, to give you like a bit of a um, yeah, introduction to wisdom, it kind of tells you. Sometimes we think of wisdom as you know making the right decision, making um, a good choice, seeing thing something before it happens, which is that's more of a fruit of wisdom. Wisdom is actually a spirit of God, one of the seven spirits of God. It's personified. But before I get into that, I'll tell um, a little story. Um, Back when I was uh, working for a builder, Alex and I were on the same job and there was this guy that um, was kind of coming along to work with Alex, bit of a troubled fella. Um, his name, actually I won't say his name just in case. Um, yeah, but anyway, he was um, he really liked Alex. He's a bit of a troubled guy, as I said, and was trying to f- sort of coming along. Yeah, I was like, you know who I'm talking about. And um, yeah, he, um, he'd come along and kind of, you know, drag his feet and... So basically, you know, Alex, being Alex, likes to make things a bit more interesting. So he had a bit of a thing where he would just constantly scare Tristan. Um, and it was just a real, real art um, of Alex's, just scaring anyone at any time. And it was just hilarious just for weeks on end, um, whether it be behind the door, Alex jumping out and Tristan and, it, and this guy, and he would just get really frustrated and, and he just wanted to get back at Alex. And one of Alex's best was when um, when they were doing a little job and they were doing a little mark on the wall to put a fitting or something. And Alex came up and said to Tristan, all right, I'm going to measure with my tape. And you put the little mark there. And, and Tristan's coming in really close with his pencil. And Alex is like, very fine, very fine. And, and, and Tristan is just concentrating into this. Uh, and right at that point, Alex is, ah! <laughs> it's just one of the most, you know, in plain view, scares. It was just hilarious. And Tristan just got so, so frustrated. It was very, very funny. And um, this one time, and, and Tristan would always try and get Alex back. But Alex was just always one step ahead. He just never got scared. He just knew Tristan was going to be there. And I remember this one time we were having lunch and Alex went upstairs for a phone call and Tristan's like, all right, now's my chance. Now's my chance. And there was this, there was kitchen panels going over with these big boxes. And so Tristan's like, oh, get me in the box. Take me up, take me up, take me up. So we're all scurrying around trying to get Tristan in this box. (laughs) 
and Alex goes away and Tristan's so excited and um, so excited and we're all kind of, well, you know, we'll see how this goes. And um, Alex comes down the stairs and, <laughs> and Tristan, Tristan, like usual, fires the gun a little bit early. He goes, ah! Alex is like, ah! <laughs> just completely misses it. Alex just knew he was going to be in there. And so anyway, that was... Um, the wisdom of scaring, that doesn't have a whole lot to do with it other than just getting everyone into the zone. Um, but wisdom does have a good sense of humor. It says in Proverbs 1.26, I will laugh at your calamity, which is very much what was happening during those total times. Um, yeah, Alex was one wisdom step ahead at all times. So... Um, who or what is wisdom? Wisdom is a being, one of the seven spirits of God. This is in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Um, basically, just to go over it, it's the spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. So, so wisdom is a being which one of the seven facets reflects the nature of God. And so wisdom shows this is the way God does things in this certain way. Um, so... Go to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22 to 27, just to give us a bit of a context on it. Um, It says from verse 22, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. So wisdom was set up before the beginning of the earth. So it's like... You know when you, you go to a, a Christmas and your auntie goes, I remember when you were in your mother's tummy. I remember when you were little. You know, that, that relative is saying, I was there before you. I had a prior knowledge. I had a prior knowledge to you. And so basically God uh, describes there that wisdom was there at the beginning. Verse 24, um, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, depths speaking of the deep things of God, springs abounding with water is is kind of like the, you know God says I will give you Jesus said I will give you living water the pouring out of the of the Spirit um, I believe that's speaking of God's Spirit pouring into man's spirit before man had a spirit verse twenty five before the mountains had been shaped before the hills I was brought forth. Mountain speaking of a place of connection with God, before man connected with God, before man was known by God, before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. Man was made from dust, before the dust of the world. That's speaking of before man was created. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. So God in this way uh, is describing wisdom as a spirit that was there before the beginning, but also accrediting these things to wisdom, saying you're, you're responsible for thinking of the dust of the earth and the deep things of God, the mountains. Um, and so, so the Lord is, is accrediting and saying, good job, wisdom. You were there. You're like... You were there in the beginning. This is part of your work. This is part of your nature, which is, which is God's nature. Um, and this is perfectly said in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. 
that says the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. So by wisdom, he's accrediting the wisdom. The foundation of the earth is accredited to wisdom. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. So that's kind of a context of wisdom being this, being this thing before the beginning of the earth. So it's good to have that context because um, I kind of, like when you're reading Proverbs, these, this is the voice of him that was there before the beginning of the world. Like, so this is the foundation, the, the wisdom of God. Is so, so read it through those lenses. And I often think like, I often hear things like people say, oh, you know, this thing was done this way and it was, you know, bad because they didn't know what was going on, you know, talking about, you know, the way something was done. And, but now we have this knowledge and now we're superior and now we can move forward. And then the next generation says that same thing and then over and over and over. And it's kind of like this thing of, in Ecclesiastes it says there's nothing new under the sun. The foundational wisdom has been there in the beginning. So there's no need to go around circles or, you know, this did this. This is the, the way of wisdom has been there from the beginning. So that's the, the first and the last stop as far as having knowledge on things. Um, so go to Proverbs um, chapter 3. Oh, sorry, before we go there, one more thing. Um, in Proverbs chapter 1, and wisdom as well, um, if anyone's saying Lord of the Rings, the ring wants to be found by its maker, Sauron. It's got this pull, this pull into Sauron. Wisdom wants to be found. It's like, it's, it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 to 21, wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy um, street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. So wisdom is like at the, at the, the entrance of the gate. Okay, no worries. Back on, I just got muted. I muted myself. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Uh, so the Lord, Lord's voice is something that we, um, that we remember and that we, that we keep going over and that we meditate over until it becomes part of our heart, um, which is why it says, let your heart keep my commandments. And that's kind of, we've sort of always, we've had that experience of going over a scripture over and over until it really becomes part of our hearts. Um, Verse 2, for length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. So length of days um, has the practical implication of you can get a lot done during the day. You'll be very productive in what the Lord has for you to do. Um, But it's also speaking of a generational inheritance and blessing of length of days and years of life and peace it will add to you. And you see that with, it says, my father, um, sorry, the father saying, my son. So there's already that generation there. And so 
it's speaking about the generational inheritance of when you do this, it will, it will establish something that will last generations and that will continue to bear fruit through generations. Length of days and years of life. Years of life is multiplication of natural and spiritual blessings. Uh, verse 3, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So steadfast love and faithfulness is is like this. Uh, it's a key into the nature of God. God is steadfast, loving, and faithful, and it's it's talking about His being. So so hold it close to your chest in the same way that when you uh, have a friendship or a relationship, you often get a necklace that symbolizes your your friendship or relationship with that person. It's a remembrance of who they are and, and who they are to you and your connection together. And basically the idea is that you put it around your neck until it becomes inscribed in your heart. So which it says, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So this is steadfast love and faithfulness. So hold it close to you, never let it go. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And it's, it's saying that... Um, if you're steadfast, loving, and faithful, if you embody that, the direct result will be favor with God, favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So it's not necessarily saying if you do this, you'll get this. It's saying if you embody this, this is the automatic result, that things are, are done with favor and success because God, when God does things, it's favorable and successful. And it's an embodiment of who he is. Um. Yeah, and that's also written in in Matthew when it talks about the beatitudes of being, blessed are you, um, hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's it's talking about not saying if you do this you'll get that. It's saying this is what a son of God who walks on the earth looks like, and this is what they embody, and th- and this is how this is the the fruit of their heart, and this is the result of what happens from it. It's not something that's strive for. It's something to be inherited. It's something to be embodied. And um, and that's kind of just sort of scooting back to like if you look at um, the new the new covenant, it's all about becoming one with Christ. Um, Two Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. So so think of it as an embodiment of of becoming the new man that we already are in Christ Jesus. Um, so, let not steadfast yeah that's right so you'll find favor and success in the sight of God and man alright verse 5 trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding um, that's just such such an awesome scripture which we go over constantly um and it's it's talking about leaning not on your own understanding. It's it's being connected to God and trusting Him with everything. And there's something powerful about just bringing something before God and saying, "I trust that with you. I trust that with you," rather than relying on our own um, like sort of earthly wisdom. Um, and we've all had that experience where we've felt um, to make a certain decision which doesn't necessarily make sense, but you do it anyway, and you get really blessed because of it. Um, and, and you see that God had 
worked out certain other things which wouldn't have been possible um, if you took this this road. Um, in all your ways acknowledge him. This is verse six, and that's talking about a, a thankfulness of all the, of constantly thanking God. Um, acknowledging him, God, I thank you for this in my life. I thank you that this happened in my life. Um, I thank thank you that this situation worked out well. I thank you today that, you know, I smiled today once. Even if it's a bad day, you're constantly in thankfulness to God. And it says he'll make your path straight. And when our path is straight, we avoid certain things that don't need to happen, certain hindrances, snares, um, that don't need to be experienced. A straight path is an efficient path. Like as the crow flies, that's the that's a, the, the, the quickest way to get somewhere, straight. And when we're in the Lord, trusting him, we can just go straight, straight there rather than wandering around the mountain and going through detours that we don't necessarily need to. And often all these detours that happen in our lives is not because of God taking us through these things these, you know, oh, God's leading me here. So no, your heart's leading you there and God's working through that and God's still still trying to work something through in your heart. Um, obviously, things take time. I'm not saying instantly you get, you get to where you want to be in life straight away. Um, God has a process there, but we can know that if we trust him, it'll make our path straight. And, and that's perfectly seen in the Old Testament when the Israelites um, – left Egypt into the promised land. It was meant to take 40 days. It's meant to be a 40-day journey, but it took 40 years. And so it's kind of showing there that with a straight path, if you trust God full-heartedly, um, that's the result. It's, it's a straight path. Um, verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So be constantly um, in, in a place of asking God and not relying on your own earthly wisdom. At feeling, uh, fearing the Lord. Um, when we fear the Lord, it has an automatic repercussion of turning away from evil. Because there's only room in our heart to fear like one thing and to love one thing. So that's a just a beautiful promise that if we're, we don't have to be wise in our own eyes and we're not wise in our own eyes and we fear God, we turn away from evil. So we don't have to worry about all the evil in our life or all these things that are negative in our life. If you fear God and keep your eyes on Jesus, these things... Those things kind of makes, you know, just fall to the side. And we're able to, to walk through those things efficiently. Often looking at the problem and focusing on the problem doesn't help get through the problem. Looking at the, at the one who is Jesus, that's the, that's the one way to go through, sail through a situation. And that's, that's the only way. Um, we don't need to address every problem that's happening around us or in our own lives. We need to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord and that result is turning away from evil. Um, verse 8 says, It will be healing to your flesh and a refreshment to your bones. So it says, Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So healing to our flesh is also speaking of a new covenant reality of our 
our flesh getting renewed into the image of the Son of God that we are created. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And, and we've been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I that live, that Christ who lives in me. And our flesh there gets healed in that process. So when we fear God, it's, it's speaking of this new covenant reality of us becoming new creations, us becoming sons of God. Um, and it has healing. There's healing qualities. It's, it's incredible that... Um, by the stripes of Jesus we're healed, but by fear in the Lord, it also brings healing to our flesh and refreshment to our bones. Bones speaks about the structure of who we are. The, it's kind of like our being, our whole being, and it brings a refreshing to us. So if you need refreshing, fear in the Lord is, is a real straight line way to get there. Um, verse 9, honour the Lord with your wealth, and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with new wine. So, as well, remembering the verse before, fear in the Lord. When we fear the Lord, we don't have to fear lack or not having enough, or this might happen. So we can honor the Lord with our wealth full heartedly because we trust Him. And with the first fruits, the very best, the productivity of our hands. Like, and, and I, Jesus just loves us doing our best and giving it to God. And whatever our best is, that's financially, that's also with our time, that's with our resources. It's, it's a real, like, um, yeah, it's a real testament that God really values. It's kind of like when Judah is now one and a bit. Like his best isn't going to be, um, you know, building or painting like Picasso, you know. His best is going to be scribbling on a little bit of paper. But I delight in the fact that he's doing his best and that's his best and because he's just learning to hold the pencil and that's great. And so wherever you're at in life, like it's not about how much necessarily you have, but it's about the heart of wanting to give your best for the Lord. And it's not in a way of... If he loves me, you know, if I do this, then he'll love me. No, it's, it's a way of like, I tried everything. This is my, this is my biggest effort. And um, with the first fruits, and it says, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. So we'll have plenty. So there's always enough. And that's just a promise to us to cling hold of now. And we, when we believe that, it, it just manifests. There's, there's plenty. Um, and when we trust God, that's what happens. That we, all our needs get looked after. And, uh, and your vats will be bursting with new wine. And the new wine there also speaks of a spiritual blessing in the same way that the New, new Testament, it talks about turning water into wine and having new wine, for a, we need a new wine skin for a new wine. It's a spiritual blessing of God pouring out the Holy Spirit. So without finances and with our best when we when we give that to god and we invest it there's a spiritual blessing that comes with it I'm not saying that if you you have to give money to get the holy spirit that's not true what i'm saying is that when you sow into particular things with with all your heart there's a spiritual blessing that you get in there that you can only get by putting uh, by putting your, your best forward and by being generous and that's um something just to cultivate, constantly cultivate in our lives and it's just an honour and a privilege to be part of it. Um, and you just, you can't outgive God. And 
like God has plenty and in his wisdom um, there is always there is always plenty and sometimes we just think in the short term and I understand it, everyone we have short term needs but these promises they they don't necessarily work like magic like it's a seed the kingdom's like a seed it speaks about that and when it enters your soil it takes time to cultivate there for the soil to be right for there to be right nutrients but you'll if you read these things and you embody them and follow these you'll look back in years and you'll testify this is true so it's not a magic you know button that you press and you know bang um it's it's a it's a seed that when we believe it becomes part of our life. So verse eleven, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him who he loves, as a father a son, in whom he delights. So be encouraged by this, that the Lord is able to father us into becoming all, all we are by discipline. And the thing that to remember here is discipline doesn't need to be like painful, like overly painful. It's always, it always has an element of pain there. But with a humble heart, and when it says here, like when we don't despise it, when, we're, when we willingly accept God's discipline, it's often like quick, maybe a bit painful, produces a great fruit in our life. Um, and that kind of you guys goes back to trusting the Lord and he'll make your path straight. Like, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. Don't be weary. Don't, oh, God's disciplined me again. Like, it's, it's a wonderful thing because it, all it does is produce fruit in our life. Um, and it's a sign that just that God loves us. You can just, whenever you feel disciplined, just, well, God loves me. God loves me so much. The more you get disciplined, the more he loves you. Um, and yeah, obviously it's just a father and a son whom he delights because God doesn't want us to, to carry on doing things that are unfruitful in life that are going to cause ourselves harm. He wants, um, he wants us to, to, to live in a way that produces fruit. Um, So I want to now, that's kind of all I'll preach on with Proverbs. Um, but I believe wisdom and, and all these things is, is an inheritance. It's something um, that you can read and follow, that's for sure. And if you do this, that will happen. That's true. But it's also, it's an inheritance that we receive through the Holy Spirit. Um, it says in James, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask for it who gives generously. Um, and and it's a it's a it's a picture as well in the new covenant that we inherit everything through Christ, um, and it says that um, in one Corinthians chapter one verse thirty, and because of him you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification, and redemption. So at the crux of the wisdom is Christ. He, he became for us wisdom. 
In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, I love this verse. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And there's nothing that we can do to obtain a promise like that. There's nothing that we can strive for in our own hearts to, to go get that to get an inheritance from God. And think about it when you first get saved. Like you're so so happy to receive the gift and you just realize, well, I didn't deserve this. And there's such a joy there and like I'm not bringing anything to the table. I'm receiving freely as a gift. And I believe um, that's a way to stay in our hearts of like constant joy of receiving God's promises. Um, and... And if we keep our heart humble like that and be thankful and, and not make it like, oh, I'm earning this or feel like we're working towards something, like the inheritance comes easily. You can't, you can't work for an inheritance. An inheritance comes when someone else dies and leaves something for you. And Jesus died so we might receive the fullness of who he is. And it says that we are a new creation. Like we were replaced um, our sin was replaced by Christ's righteousness and we're one in him. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 21, it says, For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. The upright will inhabit the land. Inhabiting the land is speaking of inheritance. The promised land is the promised inheritance. It's something that you didn't work for but you got, you got because of God's goodness. For the upright, we're upright because now Christ is our righteousness and he's, he's upright, so we have that. And those with integrity will remain in it. So we receive the promise by Christ, by uprightness, which is only through Christ, but we keep it through integrity. And integrity is the words of our mouth, I mean, there's lots of definitions, but I'm, I believe it's the words of our mouth being consistent with the works of our hands. It's, it's, where, where there are, it's basically our life and our words line up with each other. And it says, um, the first man was a living being. The last, first Adam was a living being. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. And there's something about us being a new creation, we're a life-giving spirit by our words. And our words are, are very powerful because by the word of God, he created, by his word. And that's the one thing that differentiates us from animals. And well, there's, there's a few things, but one of it is, is our words, what we speak. So I encourage everyone today is you inherit this, this promise through Christ and when our words line up with it, we keep the inheritance and we're able to multiply it and grow it. So that's all I had for this morning. I'll just um, pray for everyone. Lord, we just thank you so much for your goodness. Um, we thank you that you are um, a good God and we thank you for your inheritance father that we've received through christ we thank you that there's nothing that we did to earn it father 
And we thank you that we can trust you with our full heart. And we don't have to lean on our own understanding or ideas or, or what we think's right. Um, and I thank you, Father, that when we acknowledge you, you'll make our path straight. So I pray, Father, that you will speak um, wisdom into our hearts. So just pray even for decisions for people at the moment that I need to make and certain um, certain things that are quite difficult at the moment, decisions that I that need to make and certain scenarios which are hard, Father. I pray that you breathe wisdom over that, Father, because there's no problem too great for you, Father. And, um, and by your wisdom... Um, you founded the earth, Father. So there's no matter too too great right now, Father. Um, so, Father, I thank you that um, that you would even just be be breathing wisdom over people's minds and hearts, and you would be aligning their words that they speak with the meditations of their heart, Father. So they can be congruent and be in alignment with who they are, Father. I thank you that um, we are in Christ. If any man be in Christ. He's a new creation. So I thank you, Father. There's nothing that we do to deserve that. Father, it's just it's your goodness and your inheritance, and we receive it freely as a gift. So, Father, I speak peace over everyone who's listening, and I thank you, Father, for unlocking um, wisdom in our hearts. Father, I thank you that wisdom wants to be found, Lord. I thank you that if that it is crying aloud in the streets and the marketplace, it's raising, it's raising our voice, and Father, help us just to come to wisdom and to learn. Have a humble heart, Father. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be wise in our own eyes, Father. No matter how much wisdom we may have or may not have, Father, that we need to sit at the feet of wisdom and to understand and receive it, Father. So, Father, I just pray that you would create in our hearts a willingness to go listen to you. And Father, I thank you for your love for us and that you want the best for us, and that you want to redeem every situation, Father. And so, Lord, we just give our hearts to you, give our situations to you. Even pray for just a freeing in our hearts to be able to give generously during this time, and with our finances, with our time, Lord, it's valuable to you. And just because, um, just because the situation's hard doesn't mean the Bible's not true. So I thank you, Father, for breeding with us such a steadfast trust in you and a fear of you that we'd be able to, that it would just um, shun evil, Lord, and it will be healing to us and it will unlock your providence, Father, because there is more than enough in your kingdom. So bless you, God, and thank you. Amen.
秋。